scripture reading this evening is the book of Psalms, Psalm 5, and we'll be looking at that psalm together uh, in our study this evening. If you found that, uh, please follow along as I read Psalm 5 as our scripture. <clears throat> to the choir master for the flutes, the Psalm of David. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward you. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels because of the abundance of their transgressions. Cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover him with favor as with a shield. May God add his blessing to the reading. Let's take just a moment in prayer as we consider this passage. <clears throat> o Lord, our God, as we come into your presence once again, we come with praise, with thanksgiving, with petition, acknowledging that you are our sovereign God, that you alone can give us wisdom and understanding and application out of your word. And so we pray that you would grant that we might be able to listen and learn from your word and the words of a godly man as he offers his plea. We ask all of these things in the name of Christ, our only Savior. Well, I've titled this message this evening as a study on Psalm 5 as a morning prayer, and that's a common expression with regard to this particular psalm because of verse 3 in the psalm, and uh, in that third verse we find David saying, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and walk. And so uh, tonight, what I want us to do particularly is just reflect on some of the things that David is praying about and some of the things that he has to say in that prayer, both about the wicked 
and about the God he worships and serves. And um, we take this really also as a admonition to us to be sure that we have our morning prayer regularly. A little more about that in just a few moments. Um, <clears throat> I believe that Psalm 5 is a continuation of what began in Psalm 3. Uh, in Psalm 3, we're told explicitly that Psalm 3 was written on the occasion of David fleeing from his son Absalom. Uh, we don't have that declaration in Psalm 4 and Psalm 5, but the three of them go together so well that uh, many commentators, I think, um, are persuaded that they're all three related to that same experience of David and, and that time of suffering that he was experiencing as, as he fled Jerusalem, as he saw his son Absalom rebelling against him, as he saw multitudes uh, joining Absalom in that rebellion. And uh, for quite a time, David then was, was absent from Jerusalem and not reigning on the throne there in Jerusalem. Uh, but um, while David is experiencing this in this particular psalm, uh, we find that David uh, is um, recognizing that God is his shield and that God will protect him. And uh, I've mentioned that Psalm 4, I think, is also a continuum. And, and it's a lament, as this is also a lament, uh, where, where David is, in one sense, complaining, but in another, um, in that complaint, expressing his trust and his faithfulness in faith that God will deliver him out of that. And so here in Psalm 5, um, David speaks pretty explicitly about his enemies. He doesn't name them by name, but he describes some of their actions. And, that's, and he's praying particularly that God would give him help, that God would deliver him. And uh, we actually see a pattern in this psalm. It's a uh, poetic uh, expression. Uh, it's a formula that uh, the name of which I have forgotten at this time, so I can't tell you that. But it's a pattern where we see like a, a stanza A, a stanza B, a stanza C, and then repeating the idea of stanza B again and finally some of the ideas in stanza A. And uh, in this expression, for example, uh, we have David's opening prayer in the first stanza. We have a description of the wicked in the second stanza. And then God's steadfast love and David's worship in that central stanza. And another pattern that we see in this psalm that you'll see in a lot of the psalms, not all of them, but you will see this in a, a great number of the psalms, the main focus, the main point is right in the middle. And that's, in this case, the worship of God and David's trust in God's fellowship and, and the worship there. But then we go on to a description again of the wicked, the enemies that, that David has, and then finally God's blessing of the righteous one, which in this case. So with that introduction, I'd like us to just uh, go through the psalm uh, stanza by stanza and think about a few of the things that, <clears throat> that David is praying about uh, in each of those situations. 
Uh, the first stanza really is verses 1, 2, and 3. And uh, let's get that before us again. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Did you notice how personal that first section is? That first paragraph. Oh, did you count how many times David uses the pronoun my? Uh, five times, I believe, he he says something about it's it's my, my words, my groaning, and so forth. And twice he uses the singular I as well. And so it's just a very, very personal section of the psalm as he begins his lament and lays out his his prayer to the Lord. Um, he's hurting. It's it's a um, uh, an expression of the the suffering that he's feeling because of, in my view, because of the rebellion of Absalom. Now it could be another instance. It could be another occasion. There certainly were a number of times when when David uh, had reason to pray in in this way. But um, uh, I think it's it's entirely possible, if not probable, that this is in fact a reference to the experience that he has with rebelling and trying to overthrow him as king and take over the kingship for himself. Second uh, Samuel uh, chapter 15 and following is a description and a uh, historical reference of how Absalom was in. And so David's prayer is that God would give ear to what he has to cry out about, that God would consider this. He would give attention to what he's praying about. And um, the, the, um, uh, the feeling that, that David is expressing here can be described as a groaning, a cry. It, it's, it's an anguish to him in this way. But in all of that, he knows that the Lord does hear this morning prayer of his. Uh, that, that final phrase there where he says, I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Some translations uh, render that. I put in order a sacrifice. Uh, it's interesting that, that that same word describing this preparation or the putting in order of the sacrifice is the word that the scripture uses to describe the way in which the priests, morning by morning, prepared the sacrifice. Uh, it was the it was the daily sacrifice of the quote unquote Lamb of God, which John refers to in his first chapter. And and Jesus, of course, was the Lamb of God fulfillment. But throughout the Old Testament experience, the Levitical uh, practice of of the sacrifices, the Levites morning by morning prepared the sacrifice and offered the sacrifice. And I think if the, uh, uh, the psalm has one particular application for us this evening, it's that we ought to be careful that we prepare our sacrifice of prayer daily, morning by morning. Uh, actually, in Psalm 3 and 4, uh, you'll find that, that David in those psalms uh, talks about uh, both morning and evening and prayer uh, you know, throughout uh, the experiences of life, morning and eve, 
And so there seems to be a pattern in David's prayer in that way. So he, he calls out to God. His morning prayer is a prayer asking that God would hear him, that God would, would listen to his complaint. And uh, he moves from that into a description of the wicked there. And I think I've titled that in my, in my outline, A uh, Remembering of the Holiness of God. And that's because uh, God stands in contrast to the wicked description that is given of these wicked persons that he's having here. Uh, verses uh, <coughs> uh, 4 through 6, God has this description there uh, when David says, You are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful. Now, where do you see the holiness of God in all that? Well, the holiness of God is that it's in direct contrast to the wickedness that God hates. And God cannot abide wickedness, not allow wickedness to be... Uh, you notice that, that David uses multiple descriptions of the wicked. There are six or seven different expressions that he uses to describe the wickedness of, of these uh, persons who are his enemies, the ones who are, are doing evil toward him, whether it's uh, Absalom or another occasion. Uh, he, he describes them as um, those delighting in wickedness. That's, boy, that's something that they really look into and look after. Uh, they're described as evil, as boastful, as evildoers, as those who speak lies, even as bloodthirsty. And, de and in describing their wickedness, then God is described as one who hates that kind of behavior. He destroys that kind of And so the contrast that, that we see here is that God is indeed a God of holiness. Remember Isaiah's reflection and description of holy, holy, holy God. Threefold description found throughout Scripture. And God's holiness is demonstrated in His judgment against wickedness. And the Scripture reminds us if I, re if I regard iniquity, I'm not here. And so there's, there's the holiness of God contrasted by the wickedness of these enemies that are David. Which brings us then to that central paragraph. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. I think if this is, in fact, a psalm that is uh, a continuation of David's reflection upon uh, the rebellion of Absalom, we need to remember that um, what David is saying here uh, and his desire to enter your house, bow down, toward you in your 
David was not able to do that for an extended period of time because he had to flee Jerusalem. But this was his heart's desire. This was what what he was longing for. And um, uh, whether whether that's a longing expression of what he desires here in the case of it being tied to Absalom's rebellion or whether it's another situation where he is able to go to the house of the Lord and, and worship there, uh, certainly a description of, of David's desire for worship. Uh, some years ago, <clears throat> I came across this expression, steadfast love, which is a, um, a, a particular translation of the ESV. Uh, some of the other translations are mercy, uh, God's loving kindness. There are a number of different similar expressions but uh, I was struck by that um, that phrase, your steadfast love, and it uh, triggered a um, a study on that. And um, you'll be amazed if you read through the book of Psalms with that in mind, how many times you'll come across. And it's not only in the Psalms, but it's it's more prominent in the Psalms and throughout Scripture. And um, what it means is uh, mercy is a good translation. God's blessedness is a good translation. Uh, but the one that I like best is it's a description of God's covenant love for his people. It's a description of his relationship as a covenant-keeping God with his people. And um, I would commend you to look at steadfast love in a in a study throughout the Psalms particularly, and just see how often God in his, that description of his relationship with the Lord. So David's commitment was a commitment, desire for regular worship in God's faithfulness, and it's because of God's faithfulness that he desires to do that, and he does experience that covenant relationship. And so while fleeing Absalom certainly would, would not have been able to do that for a while, but he's praying that God would lead him, which leads us into the next paragraph, actually. And in the next paragraph, I've, I've included verse 8 again because it, it fits in with this idea of, of our dependence on God's direction. We need God's direction. Uh, verses 8 through 10 read, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. There is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God, let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they hate, uh, for they have rebelled against you. Another vivid description of the of the wicked, and a heartfelt prayer on the part of of David that um, God God would protect him from his enemies, and would make his way straight on all of this. Um, <clears throat> there are a couple of other psalms that have this same idea of praying for God's 
leading. In fact, there are more than a couple, but I've only chosen a couple. Psalm 25 and verse 5 has a very similar expression when uh, the psalmist there says, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all. And in Psalm 139, verse, And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So David's enemies, his wicked enemies, are described again in these verses, ninely. And um, their description is, in many ways, very similar to the earlier description. Here, there's no truth in their mouth. They, they're liars in, in every way. Um, their inmost self is, is a self that is committed to destruction. And their throat, David says, is an open grave. That, uh, that I don't know how to, how to uh, explain it any further than, than that. It's just... There, this is, and it, it may be because he goes on to say they flatter with their tongue. Their their words and their 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 mouth is is a part of the rebellion and a part of the um, and how he longs for that worship that. Man. Well, the conclusion of the psalm is a beautiful conclusion because it's a, a rejoicing in God's blessing. In verses 11 and 12, uh, express. But let all who take refuge in you, let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as well. So finally, <clears throat> David is um, turning his, his thoughts to God's blessing that will be He's confident that, that God will hear this prayer, this morning prayer that he's offering. Uh, it's a lament that describes his difficulty with the, with the enemies that he faces and that are all around him and their wickedness, but God's holiness is in his desire for worship. Is in, so David is, is praying in confidence He's, he's confident in the salvation that God will bring. Uh, he's, he's trusting. He says he, he's taking refuge in God. And because of that, he can rejoice. He can sing with joy. Because God will indeed. It uh, reminds me of the um, promise that God gave Abraham uh, when he establishing the covenant with Abraham. In Genesis 15, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. And I think David was confident of that as well in his expression. But let all who take refuge in you, let them ever sing for joy. And spread your protection over them, that those who love your name, may exalt you. You bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor. As um, I think probably most of you, but maybe not all, know that um, did quite a study on the Psalms. Profited from those as well. And as I was looking at some of them again uh, and thinking about uh, what he might 
uh, say home, I came across a quote, and, and I'm not sharing with you what he was saying about this psalm, but it was a, a more general quote that he had in connection with all of this, a quote from Octavius Winslow, and I thought, you know, that, that and the quote is as follows, do you not think your lot is, des is desolate? Do not think that everyone has forsaken you, and that in sadness and in solitude you are treading your way through an intricate there is one that loves you, thinks of you, has his eye upon you, and is, at, and is at this moment guiding, upholding, and caring. That one is Jesus. I think uh, I think it was at the end of of a preparation, and my sermon this evening was not as long as some others. And she said, "Well, no one's going to object to that." And uh, that reminded me of a uh, young. And uh, we happened to be visiting there, and a friend who was an elder in the country, and as we went to the evening service, uh, we were going over, and he said, no, <laughs> uh, he was. We were home about that soon, but uh, I'll tell you, the who was doing the preaching was given the material. There was no milk mixed in. You had to, had to listen and, and uh, digest it well, but it was pure. And I trust that... Um, I wasn't necessarily giving you pure cream, but giving you the uh, is indeed a blessing to us as we go the way in which David, in trust, offered his prayer, prepared the sacrifice of prayer. And so let's um, let's conclude. Father, we do thank you for your word. It speaks to us in ways that um, we sometimes don't realize. We're thankful for the way in which you give us encouragement from a psalm such as this, that we can know that um, David, although he was in an extremely difficult situation, whether it was the time that Absalom was rebelling or another, was confident in crying out to you in his early morning and was confident that you were a God of holiness who rejected the wicked and that you would indeed guard and protect him, hear and answer his prayer, and care for him in that time that you would indeed be able to go and worship, call upon your name in your holy temple. Father, continue to bless us as your people. Go with us throughout this coming week. We pray that you would watch over us and direct us day by day. We pray that you would guard us and keep us and bring us together to worship again on next Lord's we ask all of these things in Christ our Savior's name.